1: It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today. With Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly.
2: Hey, mamas. We are here today with another great topic on Motherhood Talk Radio. I'm here with Christy.
0: Hello, ladies.
2: And we have a wonderful guest today. We have Robin Boyd who is a full-time elder caregiver and um, she brings her experiences to the show today, uh, like frontline tactical experiences and caring for her mother. And Christy and I both have elder care issues. We have a lot of issues, but
0: um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for the. Say of that. <laughs> <laughs> for
2: the purposes of this show, we will only be covering yeah. our elder care issues. Thank God. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know what elder care issues are, it's caring for your parents, caring for your grandparents, you know, caring for really anybody who is um, <laughs> older than you. Um, but Christy, who do you care for?
0: Well, um, I help my dad with my, my grandma, who's 97 years old. I go over there um, about 10 hours a week and visit with her, help her with anything that she needs. I help her with her shower and, you know, clean her house and visit and, you know, that whole thing.
2: Well, you know, it's amazing what what we do, um, you know, for our elders and, you know, it can be as simple as just sitting with them. It can be talking to them. It can be, you know, bringing them food, cleaning their kitchen. You know, I know for... You know, when I cared helped my uh, parents care for my grandmother and grandfather, a lot of it was like checking expiration dates. Seriously, go in the refrigerator and
0: you know <laughs> my my grandma, they don't care about expiration dates. <laughs> They're like, "Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. It's still good." It's still good. Right? Still good. Right. If you haven't opened it, still good. It's yogurt from
2: 1993, Or <laughs> well, my favorite was, we would find these Jello boxes cuz you would go in the cabinet and pull out like the Jello and it would be like wow, this was designed, like, before I was born.
0: Like, oh, my God, we have equal, a big box of equal at my grandma's, which mm-hmm. I don't know why we haven't got rid of it yet, but it's from 2000, like, 2001. <laughs> like, hmm, I wonder what happens <laughs> if, if we consume this. Well, well, and your three children are cumulatively
2: older <laughs> than the sugar. Exactly. One is so bad. I know, you know, We. It, it, I think, I don't know about you, but... I find, like, in difficult situations, it's always helpful to kind of, like, gently make fun of things or laugh about things because, you know, caring for the elderly and caring for children and especially doing them simultaneously can really be a lot.
0: Yeah, well, you have to. You have to laugh about things. (laughs) Otherwise, you'll pull your hair out or cry or... You know, you just have to laugh. You do. I mean,
2: and I'm going to make fun of someone who is in my elder care arena, but I'm not going to say who he is because he does listen to the show, and I'm going to get in trouble because of his daughter. So figure it out from there. And recently, we went to a restaurant to celebrate my parents' 50th wedding anniversary, and it was a beautiful restaurant. And, you know, my brother and I were there and all dressed up and, and you know, on the ocean in, in La Jolla, you know, couldn't have a more beautiful environment. And, my dad refuses to wear his hearing aid. And in fact, he refuses to get a hearing aid. We can't ah. even get to the wearing part. And um, what's funny is, he's a veteran. I'm very proud of my dad's uh, military service. He is a veteran and he is eligible for a government sponsored hearing aid. So it was really only his own not wanting to wear this hearing aid. And, um, you know, they bring the aloha pie in or whatever it <laughs> was they served us. And it had this beautiful candle on there, and, you know, decorative candle, but it looked like it was made of frosting, and it actually, you know, could have been, but um, he, I said to my dad, hey, Dad, um, you don't want to eat that, that's the candle. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm, I'm like, Dad, don't eat that, that's the candle, Mm mm-hmm, you know, because he does that certain (laughs) look when I know he doesn't understand and he can't hear me. Um, But sure enough... He ate the candle. <laughs> it probably had some frosting on it. It didn't, know because he was like, oh, this is wax. What am I eating? And I'm like, see, if you had the hearing aid and you were wearing the hearing and the hearing aid was turned on like the triumvirate of, ah. of
0: acoustics, um, you would have known that. I know. You know, my gr- it took my grandma a long time to get a hearing aid. She finally got two. She won't wear one of them. It's just in her little blue j- candy jar. But, um... Yeah, she was so like one of your children. She didn't stick her hand into
2: the candy jar and eat the hearing aid.
0: Well, she always says, "Don't, you know, that's a thousand dollar hearing aid in there. Don't touch it, you know." But no, she didn't want anybody to see it for the longest time. And we're like, "Grandma, please, please, you know," because it's really hard. You know, we love going over there, but it's really, really hard to go over there because you have to yell. What? All the time. <laughs> you have <ask> to. <laughs> <What>? yell <laughs> All the time. And it's so exhausting sometimes. And, you know, it's really, really hard. It is hard. You know? Hard. And my grandma can't see very well either. So she's just kind of like in the dark. You know? And it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> on and, the dark. and in the <laughs> dark. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So, anyways, I, I don't know. When I get old, I am wearing hearing aids on both ears. I don't care what I look like, as long as I can hear. Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. I will find papers. Because Whatever I think, you know,
2: I, you know, it's like, you know, I look at, you know, family and friends who have gotten older over the years, and they all say the same thing. And I'm like, oh, I
0: don't need a hearing aid. I don't need a <laughs> you <know>? My grandma will <laughs> say, like, I can hear you. I'm like, ah, you can't, you know, say something, and she'll do the little nod and smile, like, you know, maybe... I, I don't didn't quite hear you, but I'm going to... Right, my like, dad makes smiles. a really pleasant face. Yeah. It's like, it's very it. pleasant.
2: I'm nodding to
0: you, not hearing anything yeah. uh-huh. you said. <laughs>
2: like, yes. Ah. Oh. Um, that's all good. It is. Well, and I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm really thankful that I have the opportunity to care for my elders. I do believe it's a huge gift. You know, I feel like I can give back and... Um, and it gives me a lot of fun stories. I mean, but it, but it is true. I mean, I think that's the one thing that people don't realize when you care for someone in need, like the benefit that you get from from helping them. I mean, I, to me, it was a really powerful thing. I mean, my one grandmother was she's kind of mean to me, but she's like a very stoic German. And I remember one time she'd always make fun of my hair. She's like, I you look like a dust mop walking around," and she always had like really choice comments. And um, but then it was really fun because when she went out of her head. She would, I would go in to like bring her a magazine, and she'd read the same magazine every week. And I would sit there with her, and sometimes like play checkers or paint her nails. And she would look at me, and she goes, oh, "You're so pretty." And I'm like, oh, so I look like a dirty dish mop this week, huh?" But of course, you know, it was just it was a really great experience because it it allowed me to serve in a way that I couldn't otherwise. It made me feel really good that I could give back, and it kind of gave me a real different viewpoint of aging.
0: Yeah, you know. But do you think, like, if you were the primary caretaker of the elder person, would you ever feel like it could be, and I hate to use the word burden, but would you ever feel like that was a burden?
2: Oh, my God, I felt like it was a burden, and I was only doing, like, picking up my grandfather's teeth from the restaurant. That was a huge burden. I mean, you
0: know. Yeah. It's like it it also changes your life into maybe a direction that you never intended to intended to go absolutely
2: absolutely I mean there's one thing about voluntarily being in service or wanting to pitch in now and then I think it's a whole different animal when you're fully responsible like I remember you know I love my parents and I love helping them but when my mom was really sick last year she's stage four breast cancer and she was sick all night and then I had to take her to the emergency room And I didn't know, um, you know, I don't know this area where I live well enough. And I'm like, I knew there was a cancer center somewhere. And, you know, and I, my dad called me at like 7.50 in the morning. And my dad was all upset, you know, because he's been dealing with her as the primary caregiver for my mom's cancer. Mm -hmm. So he was shot. I mean, his nerves were shot. And I had Zach, you know, and Max with me. You know, I'm like, get everybody in my car. I'm like, I'm going to get mom to the hospital. Then I got in the car and I'm going down my canyon. I'm like, I don't know where the closest emergency room is. I don't know where the cancer center Uh, is. And, you know, and so I thought, well, head down, because I believe, like, (laughs) medical care is better down the hill than up the hill. (laughs) But, you know, I was driving down there going, okay, I'm sure there's something in here, and I'm on my cell phone, you know, calling everybody I can think of at 7.15 in the morning going, like, my mom is really sick. She's, you know, because she was, I mean, really, like, life-threatening sick, and she wasn't responsive. And, you know, I've got these two screaming kids in my car. I've got my dad really nervous in the front. It was really, you know, it was really frightening to have that responsibility and then thinking, you know, this is like what my dad has all the time. Every day. Every day. Every day you know, and I'm freaking out just because I'm, you know, hurtling at 80 miles an hour <laughs> trying not to kill us all. But, yeah, I think so. I think, you know, there's a fine line between being of service and then and feeling guilty that it's a burden. Yeah, because,
0: you know, you don't want to feel guilty. You know, he, that person took care of, you know, your, you the whole time or your parents or whatever. And now when it comes time to take care of them, like sometimes it's hard to go like, Ugh, you know, right? you think like, I don't want to do this today, but you have to, but you have to, and right. they need you to. And, you know, it's like you feel so, you feel so guilty for not wanting to do it. Well, yeah. I think it's,
2: the, the thing is the guilt comes... Well, I think the frustration comes from lack of choice. You know, it's like when we choose to help someone, you know, it's kind of an altruistic, it's a good-feeling thing, and we choose to help someone usually when we have that resource to give. We have the time to give. We yeah. have the energy to give. Um, but when it's, when it's the obligation um, and, and there's no other relief in sight, that's when your frustration goes up. That's when the resentment comes in. You know, I feel that sometimes as a single mom, that resentment comes in that goes, you know, I want to go out with my friends. I want to go to the movies. I want to go to dinner. I want to do these things, and I can't. I mean, I could if I wanted to, like, fob my kids off on a sitter all the time, but but it's not having that freedom of choice, I think, makes it really difficult.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. I t- uh-huh. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> like, I agree, I agree. But you know what? We're going to go to break because Chrissy and I need to have some Diet Coke and, like, get our heads on straight before we have Robin on, who is absolutely delightful. She is Robin Boyd, and she's a full-time elder caregiver, and she's a very, very good friend of mine, and I'm so proud of everything she does. She's also been a really great, you know, mentor to me in a lot of ways, and I think you guys will enjoy her. So I think we should go to break.
1: I think so, too. Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio. Giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Girlfriended is on Toginet. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbury, Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on TogiNet.com. <laughs> Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, it's
2: Sandra Beck here and Christy Holly. And That's, we? <laughs> say
0: hello. I already said
2: hello. You already said hello? I already said hello. Yeah, okay. Chrissy's like burned out from her elder caregiving, <laughs> I can tell.
0: That's okay, right. We
2: need a break. Oh, we have Robin Boyd here with us today. She's a full time elder caregiver, and um, she's one of these renaissance women that we like to have on the phone um, or actually on the radio show because Robin wears many hats. Um, Robin is uh, married, she's a mother of two. She cares for her mother. She's a graphic designer for my company, but she also has her own company that she does freelance work for. And um, Robin, did I miss anything? Well, no. there was a whole it bunch of other like, stuff in
0: there. Sounds like that's enough, doesn't it? It, <laughs> it does. does. I'm tired Hi, it's great to talk to it.
2: you. Hi, Christy. <laughs> Hi. Mm-hmm. So um, now that I've killed the first question about your background, um, <laughs> Robin, what brought you to? Um, Caring for the elderly, who do you care for and kind of why did you choose to do home care?
0: Well, mom is um, 86 now. Um, We came here in 94. She had a stroke. My father had died that same year. And um, when she had her stroke, it was evident that we were going to need to do something. And her clinicians said, um, well, we need to make some choices. What are they? And so we had to make the decision whether or not we were going to care for her or we were going to have to arrange for care for her. And um, our choice was to be the caretakers. So it was bag and baggage. We had to decide, okay, where are we going to move, whether she would come here or we would go there, and um, we decided that it it was time, and we made that choice.
2: Was that a difficult choice to make?
0: Very. Yes, it was. Um, we, we each had careers at the time. My children, uh, Emily was in the third grade. Ross was in the fifth grade. So that meant elementary school changes. That meant leaving our area. We were maybe about a half an hour east of, of where my mom lived. So we really needed to say, um, how is this going to affect our careers? How is this going to affect our relationships? A lot of things came into play, and it, it was a it was a difficult choice.
2: Now, where is here? Where? What part of the country do you live in?
0: We are in Hooksett, New Hampshire, which is just north of Manchester, one, uh, which is the southern part of New Hampshire. Um, and this is where I actually grew up here in Hooksett. Um So it was coming home for me, which I didn't mind. I didn't mind coming home. Uh, it, what was difficult, I think, is that we had many other things that we had in mind. Both my husband and I owned a company together, which we had just started to redirect and decided on some changes with the business. That being a juncture in our life, we had to decide whether or not um, us moving to this area was really going to be the right move for us just as a family, let alone what my mother's needs were. And that was difficult because it was difficult uh, to decide whether or not she needed more serious care or whether we were just here to kind of keep an eye on her. And I think that's what's difficult for all families. You really have to network with your, with your elders' clinicians. You have to look at what their physical needs are, what their mental needs are, and what their environment is. Um, if we lived in a tenement house someplace, we weren't going to be able to make this choice. Uh, we were really going to uh, need to evaluate a whole lot of things. So no, and now yeah, this was a decision. Choice.
2: This is interesting. Um, you you made this decision, and it's your mother.
0: Yes, it's but my your mom.
2: husband. You know, you've got your husband's. Okay. You know, things to consider. But you also had kids. Your kids were like in grades three and
0: five or something like that. If that, yeah.
2: if I'm yeah. correct.
0: So you have and ones. that was, yeah, it was. It was, it was tough. And I think there are times when you've got a little, little one, and they're wanting story time at such and such a time, but mom needed help. It meant I had to tend to her instead of kids. And it's, I suppose it's the same as if you had six kids. Everybody has to learn to take their turn. <laughs> but um, it, it's, it can be difficult sometimes because you do have to juggle. Uh, you you want to help your your children. you want to do things that you had in mind. Uh, we each had career paths that we had intended on on uh, taking and those changed which was fine. We we did we made other choices and those other choices have been just just great. So um, well and I
2: think you're part of what most um, a lot of women struggle with these days, especially as a lot of us wait, you know, to have children, you know, to later in life as women, sure. you know, enter the workforce, they get more educated. You know, a lot of educated working women put children off until, you know, kind of the end of their, like, biological clock. And, sure. um, you know, and as a function of that, their parents are tend to be older. So I think I read somewhere they call it the sandwich generation. You're yes. sandwiched
0: between yes. child care and elder care. And isn't that true? Because even if you don't, take this path, you still are going to need to be involved with an older person's needs in some way, shape, or form. It could be paying their bills. It could be monitoring what uh, the the, the senior caregivers give them. You're still going to need to be aware of what's going on. So, yes, you do get in the middle.
2: Well, and I think, too, that's the difference. I mean about getting in the middle i mean this is your mother mm-hmm. and it's like you know tv shows like you know everybody loves raymond you know it's, it's a funny thing about yeah. like in-laws yeah. but you know it's like you're expecting your spouse to tolerate all these changes in the family um uh and then you know i think there's a different dynamic too with when i look at my brothers and sisters um when we were growing up and caring for my elderly relatives because my dad was an only child and he had a couple um, aunts and uncles that had no children so the primary caregiving responsibility falls on him and my mom and the kids and I were, you know, the brothers and sisters were expected to pitch in. But it is a different dynamic where, you know, like I could tolerate, you know, my little brother needing something, but you're less tolerant, I think, as a child when you look at the needs of another adult because it's like, hey, wait a minute, they're an adult. It is different.
0: That's right. And I think what's difficult, too, we were kind of talking about the fact that it was my mom. I remember sitting down in my office with my husband and saying, this is going to be a very difficult thing. You're going to be living with your (laughs) mother-in-law for an (laughs) undetermined amount of time. Are you up for this? Are you realizing what we're doing? But he was the one who really said, he, he almost expected this. I'm an only child. I was the only one who would be able to do this if one of my parents needed help. So we, he was pretty well braced for it the day he said, I do.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, that's amazing. I mean, I think there's a lot of husbands that would not tolerate that. There's
0: a lot of, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because my husband wouldn't be able to tolerate his own, <laughs> his own, oh, his own little mom. Well, we have, (laughs) we've had our moments, believe me, we've had our moments. And it is true, you're in the middle in more than one way, because there are times that mom will be very adamant about something, and there are times that Steve, my husband, is very adamant about something, and I'm in the middle. (laughs) So, yeah, Yeah, you do have to be ready for that. Um, But on the other hand, this is a journey that we decided that was right for us, Otherwise, my career was in one part of New Hampshire. I, we lived in another part of New Hampshire, and Mom was in a third part of New Hampshire. There was just no way that I could be in three places at once. So we really decided this was what was right for us.
2: Well, and that's, a, you know, it's great that you made that, you know, that kind of choice. Now, once you, you made that choice, um, what are some of the things that you had to consider?
0: First, I think, was her needs. Whether we came here, as I said before, whether we came here or she were to come with us, we were ready to put on a little in-law apartment on on our house. But we had to consider her physical needs, where her physician was, what kind of therapies she might have needed. After a stroke, sometimes it's difficult to know exactly what any uh, patient is going to need. So we needed to make sure that we were available to the resources that she needed and our home was not in an area that was easy to get to those kinds of resources. So knowing she was going to be in her own home was going to be better for her. Um, We had to consider even financially whether or not I could be here for her. I did work for a little time after we moved here. but we did have to decide whether or not this was the right financial choice for us as well. Um, and those kinds of concerns, I think, hit you no matter, no matter what you're facing, whether you're doing it just as a daycare situation or whether you're doing it uh, as full care and long-term
2: it's hard. It's hard to know because you're not a doctor. And then mm-hmm. there's the emotional component in caring mm-hmm. for your family member because, you know, you love them and you don't want them to suffer. You sure. don't want them to hurt.
0: Well, sure. and only you can care for them the way, because you love them, you care mm-hmm. for them the best way. Right. You know, but it's
2: true. You care for them the best. Well, and I, you know, I know. It's like, and I know, like, like I know my mother, you know. It's like when the drugs would make her hands burn and her feet burn, mm-hmm. you know. It, whereas the nurse would come in and like pick up her hand. Not that the nursing care wasn't wonderful, but you know, they would just come in and like take her post and or take her pulse, and you know. And I'd be like, Hey, hey take it easy on there, just, you know. Yeah. It's like sure. Not a patient. This is my mom. Right. Her hands hurt. Take it easy, you know. <laughs> settle down, nurse.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there, there's just that contentment. I think as people are getting older. They may not need a lot to keep them content, but the things that they do want around them are important. So we were fortunate that we were able to be here because this has given her uh, the, the elder environment that she wanted, and, and that we're glad that we were able to do that.
2: What's an amazing gift that you can give someone. You know, it really it is. Really I mean, is. And it, what, a, what a wonderful way to say thank you for having me, thank you for caring for me. You know, when it's on your turn, to, you know, wherever you believe people go sure. or don't go after they die, that you can be part of kind of that final exit strategy. Exactly, yes. Well, we are here with guest Robin Boyd, full-time elder caregiver, and um, we're going to go take a break now. Or not. What do you think? (laughs) I need a
0: break. Here we go. Here we go.
1: Mom, here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Join Learning and Laughter with Louise every Wednesday at 9 Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Toginet to discuss fun, fascinating, and educational topics. Each week, Louise will be talking with a variety of guests, ranging from authors, educators, parents, filmmakers, athletes, and entrepreneurs, just to name a few. You know, when it comes to learning, the sky is the limit. And so will the topics that are covered here on Learning and Laughter with Louise. Louise Adler is a school psychologist who has worked within the fields of special education and bilingual education. She also owns a successful company, Signing Families that creates DVDs and special workshops to teach sign language and instructional products for people of all ages and needs. With new DVDs coming out soon, check her website for more information at signingfamilies.com. From time to time, Louise will be joined by her daughter, Natasha Sattler, who will give a college-age perspective to the show. Support so that morning cup of coffee and join us here on Toginet every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central. You never know who will show up for Learning and Laughter with Louise on Toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet, Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central, and find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life.
0: I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and and this is what I'm all about.
1: Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, rebuilding. Building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream, create, and grow the lifestyle you want to live. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala, Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern 2 Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holly.
2: Guys, we are here with Robin Boyd, or girls, I guess, I don't know if there's any guys out there, but... There might be a few. There might be a few, probably (laughs) husbands that are stuck listening to this show.
0: Um,
2: We're here with Robin Boyd, and she's a full-time elder caregiver. She cares for her mother. Uh, Christy here cares for her grandma. We have
0: all sorts of good things going on. Um, Christy, do you want to ask any questions? Well, you know, I was thinking... Yes, I do. I wanted to know... um, how do you plan a vacation, you know, <laughs> who takes care vacation? of your mom? That's not, like in, our, you... that's not in our vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I do, yeah, you know, do you have somebody that comes in that can take care of your mom so that you can have maybe a weekend away from from yeah. everything or, you know, or do you just not do anything? Us personally, for the longest time, we did not. Mom had quite a bit of independence for a bit, so we were able to get away, probably not for a weekend, but we would be able to get out for for an evening, go to the movies or go to dinner or whatever. Um, I think one of the things that can be difficult is depending on the type of resources you have in your state and depending on the type of needs that your elder has, Will depend on what resources you you have available to you. Some people will fall into a, a respite care qualification. Uh, maybe that's their supplemental insurance, or it might be something that they are post. Uh, if they are just coming out of a facility, whether it be for uh, a, a surgery, whether it be for uh, short-term rehab, they will have services that will follow them post. Uh, clinical visit. What can be difficult though is if you don't have those resources at the time, you're either going to have to pay for those resources or maybe not uh, not have those kinds of um, times away that, that you might might need. Just recently my mom broke her collarbone and it wasn't really a fall, it just happened and it was, she's frail, she's brittle and it just happened Um, so while she was in rehab that opened up the door for quite a bit of services for us because once she came home there was a lot of follow-up I think that's probably one of the things that everybody just needs to investigate as they become more involved with their elders is what does your state provide does your county does in fact there is a frail elders program in Concord which is not very far as the growth lies however we just don't land within that district and we are just about five miles too far outside of that that radius that they will travel to so here was a great program but we didn't qualify uh, sometimes your income of the elder or your family makes a difference that's difficult too because you fall in between cracks. If you are very low income, there's Medicaid, a lot of different programs that is going to supplement your needs. But if you make over a certain threshold or if you don't have those supplemental insurances, then you really don't qualify for some of those resources and you have to be a little more creative.
2: Well, and it's hard because it's like I remember, you know, like with, with my um, my grandma and grandpa and then my great-aunt and my great-uncle, it was like this huge learning curve each time yeah. of, like, yeah. what services are available? And then, you know, because they obviously, you know, didn't they didn't pass on, like, you know, sequentially sure. or, you know, yes. in an organized manner. <laughs> yes. Um, and some were sick while others were sick. Um, what do you... It, and then programs stop, and then they start, and um, it's it's very it's a very difficult thing to navigate. I know there's Office of the Aging,
0: mm-hmm. you know, which
2: is a federal program that can help, and you know there's some organizations through Catholic Charities. You know, I think you can sure. Google your area, but I guess you know from from my experience, the best not that anyone's asking my advice on this topic, <laughs> but the best advice I can give is that remember that it's that it's, a, it's like an unnavigable maze for everybody
0: mm-hmm. of trying yeah. to figure
2: out what you qualify, what services are available. Stuff comes and goes. It's nothing personal. It can feel like you're the only one
0: that's, you know, getting shafted by some of these programs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do. Well, and, and as with every government program, and I, I don't mean to say that so negatively, but... There are so many times that you will go through a long registration process, a long application, only to find out four to six weeks later that you didn't qualify. And it could just have been because there was an extra $200 in some bank account somewhere. It's amazing that, yeah, you just have to research and network with other people, and it is important to network. I know through my church we'll have a... Um, Uh, a little group that will help and they will help bring a a hairdresser in to to cut hair or maybe it's just someone to come in and visit and play cards or listen to some big band records instead of uh, listening to the kids all day long or something of that nature. It is true. You have to just reach out and decide, um, I'm going to investigate what's available to me and in our situation. And networking is the most important
2: you know, I think that was the hardest thing, you know, especially, you know, for certain, maybe certain different groups of people or certain dynamics, you know, you have to ask for this help. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very humbling. Yeah. Um, it's necessary. But, yeah. But, you know, you can't, it's like this stuff can't rely completely on the family. I mean, there is social services that have to get involved at some True. point, whether it's palliative care or hospice care or, mm-hmm. you know, any of these things. But it's very difficult in you know, I found, as with most things in my life, that if I don't ask, nothing happens.
0: Right. And that if right. I don't
2: push, um, if I don't push, sometimes really hard and get into you know a situation where I'm like, look, you know, I need this to be done. I need you to follow up on this. And if you don't, I will be here standing with my lawyer. You right. Know,
0: right. It's
2: really hard. You have to you have to fight for a lot of these services. And I mean, I don't advocate threatening people.
0: Right. It's necessary. <laughs> right. And sometimes even the service. People are, t- their hands are tied. We do have something here in the southern New Hampshire area. This gal sat at my kitchen table and we talked about this. We talked about this, um, and then ultimately it ended up. She said, "I'm sorry, this program just does, you, you just don't qualify." So there. But that's not to say, okay, doors closed. I'm stuck. It just means that I need to find a different door, and you just find something else that is going to work. Well, um, and I
2: think, too, especially, you know, I can remember arguing with some of these people, um, you know, and a lot of times they'll give you answers that are, you know, scripted answers or answers that they've given, and -hmm. if you start asking, like, well, why? You know, why is this? You know, what else can I do? You know, Mm -hmm. people don't think about your situation as much as you do. You know, and I'm like a rabid dog with a bone with some of this stuff because,
0: sure.
2: you know, and I've always found a very powerful tool to go, hey, look, if this was your mother or if this was your father, mm-hmm. you know, would you just accept, oh, I'm sorry, you know, we don't have any appointments this week. There's got to be a cancellation. There's got to be something.
0: Yeah. You know, because yeah.
2: people don't push you only you can push for you and you are you know there's patient advocates that can help you so you don't go like psycho on the <laughs> hospital but, but you do need to push because you are yeah. at
0: the end of the day you are just a number. That's, for, that's very true and they're going to look at you and say you think you've got it bad you should see the caseload that's sitting on my desk and it is very difficult because they do juggle So much. Sure, you have to, and therefore, if you're not going to get it from one resource, what your needs are, you just need to be willing to say, "All right, I'm going to go and find something else then that that is going to work for me." Sometimes, when there is a diagnosis that warrants some support, (laughs) like Alzheimer's, it's a very difficult diagnosis but there will be support because they fall into that category. Sometimes, though, when you've got just an elderly person who just happens to be elderly and frail, that's, I think, the harder part because they don't fall into a category where they can qualify for something. Right, there's no box to check.
2: Nothing yeah, we have.
0: right. Yeah, they're just old. They're just yeah. old. Just because you're
2: old and you don't have, like, a state-funded illness.
0: <laughs> right, it's right. true. right. So that's when you just have to dig down deeper, and you say, all right, this is what we're facing, and this is what we've got, and you don't say, oh, woe is me. You say, I'm going to make the best of it.
2: Right, right. And especially, you know, I don't know about other states. I know New York State pretty well, but... You know, New York State has like assisted living, and then they have mm-hmm. from assisted living. You go into nursing care. You know, there's a there's kind of a protocol for that,
0: right? Right. Um, but and the, the yeah, list, and a very long waiting list. It's right. a long
2: waiting list, and yeah. then you have to exhaust resources. So by right. the time they go into the system, you know they're broke, and then the family members have to come in, That's you know, right. for extra things. It's really difficult. It's 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 I think one of the most difficult things that like a sandwich mom has to work with because you want right. to you know, care for your kids and you want to pay for soccer,
0: mm-hmm. but then that's you right. go, okay,
2: well, you know, my mom or my grandma needs this
0: mm-hmm. or my time. I
2: think that's the hardest thing for me. I mean, you know, money is one thing, but time for me is a huge premium. Of course. You know, and where money you allocate
0: is, it? And it's not just the overhead of a facility. I remember when my husband's dad, who had Alzheimer's, was in a, a facility They called my mother-in-law one day and said, we need six pairs of pants, but they have to be specialty pants that he can't undo and unzip because they had to snap in the back. And they were $40 a pair, and they wanted six pairs because they had to to have enough to go through the laundry. She had to bring those in by Friday. (laughs) So you have those kinds of things that, that you face every day as well. So it's not just, okay, the the, the nursing home costs X amount um, a, mu- a week. It's
2: on backwards. <laughs> the same thing, it's yeah. <laughs> on backwards, and we'll be good to go. <laughs> I'm trying to picture how that would <laughs> yeah, work. I know. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it, when if need, needless to say, why? <laughs> they didn't <laughs> snap in the back, but yes, they did.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that is, it's sometimes, you know, it's sometimes you know, the most reasonable request
0: from mm-hmm. a system,
2: you know, like a mm-hmm. healthcare system or an education system, you know, but the end user, you know, the you and me and Christy's of the world were like, are you kidding me? Like, did you actually read this before yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Oh, gosh.
2: But, you know, it's good to laugh about these things because you it is difficult. You have to laugh about it. You we have We all to go laugh. through it, you know, at some point or another, and um, and we are just, Doing the best we can. And I think that's Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that, you know, I hope that the listeners take away. And Robin, I'm sure you have your own perspective, which we will get to when we come back from break. Uh, We're here with Robin Boyd and Christy Holly, and we're talking about elder care issues, and we're pretty much making fun of the elderly. (laughs) No, not really. All right, we'll see you after the break.
1: Here's your show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these oh. combine snide and remark and you've got snark Combine Lisa Mena and Valia Alvarez on Monday nights and you've got Deep Dish Snark. Monday nights at 9, 8 central, part of the Her Insight Network. When you've had enough at work or at home and you're ready to laugh, join Lisa and Value for their no BS look at the world and the people in it. They'll be serving up a no holds barred take on pop culture, current events, entertainment, and family matters with segments like Accidentally Helpful, TV is now my hobby, and Who Sucks This Week. Deep Dish Snark delivers something for every girl who enjoys life with a dash of sarcasm. Lisa Mana is a former TV news anchor turned stay-at-home mom. She's making sure if anyone screws up her kids, it's her. Valya Alvarez suffers life as a jack-of-all-trades, mistress of none, by juggling a PR career, marriage, motherhood, and more. Don't miss Deep Dish Snark with Lisa Mana and Valya Alvarez. Monday nights at 9, 8 central. Part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly.
2: Hey, we are here today with Robin
0: Boyd. It's Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Chrissy, <laughs> hello. Chrissy, you haven't uh, been saying much this show. I know, because I I've been thinking about my grandma a lot. Mm-hmm. What is her Robin? name? Her name is Opal. Opal, we're sending this out to
2: you. Oh, and how beautiful! Hi, Opal. You? I'll say hello to Opal Opal. for you. <laughs> <laughs> and Robin, what's your mommy's name?
0: Jenny. We call her, her nickname is Jenny.
2: Jenny. Jenny? Yeah, Jenny? I like that.
0: Yeah, her, her real name Virginia, Yeah, and it's Ginny, G-I-N-I. So. Can she hear
2: We don't have to yell her. No, again. she's
0: not. I'm going to have her listen to the podcast, though. She, oh. she can be quite a character sometimes.
2: Oh, that's good. That's <laughs> yeah, good. yeah. I mean, I think that's like, you know, there's so many, you know, we talked about some of the, you know, kind of the trials and tribulations we have in mm-hmm. elder care issues, we talked about some of the frustrations and the hard parts of it. But, you know, there are a lot of really positive things, I think, that come out of,
0: oh, you know, caring for our mm-hmm. elderly. Mm-hmm. In fact, she's kind of funny. She says she won't go to the senior every Friday in our town. They have a little seniors thing at the library I don't want to go there. They're all old people. I don't want to go there. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I, with the, I want to hang out with I want to, that's just the way she says it. I want to hang out with the kids. I want to be with young people. So it, it that has been true. fun. Mm.
2: That is true. I know, you know, with my parents and, and um, I mean, they can only tolerate my kids for so long, but, <laughs> you know, one of the big joys in life like that is watching, you know, watching the kids and their, mm-hmm. and, and let's face
0: it, like, kids are funny. Sure. Oh, sure. But old people are funny too. Old people are funny too. Oh, that's true. And there isn't a day that doesn't go by. She just kind of wants to check on the kids. And of course, my kids are adult kids now. But she'll say, well, where, what's Russ doing today? And where's Emily today? And she just needs to check in. And the kids will try and peek in, say, hi, Graham, or whatever. Even if they're on their way out somewhere, uh, they, they'll, I'll say, you know, make sure you visit with Graham and whatnot. And it's, it's, um, it, that's all she needs is just that, just that touch of what's going on around her and then she's grounded and she feels good. There's something to be said for being alone, though, and more times than not, she prefers being in her room and you sometimes think, oh, my goodness, she's just stuck in there alone. But there's something to be said for the the peace and quiet and when she wants to come out, she will, and when she wants to go back, she'll go back in her room and that's her... Her, her place of security. Well, and I think,
2: too, there's, like, expectations. Like, I remember with my grandfather, and, you know, as he got older, as he got, I think, into his, I mean, he died at, like, 90, but as he got into mm-hmm. his late 80s, he found reti- routine very comforting. And, yep. you know, and he, of course, you know, went back to speaking German, which, you know, <laughs> sure. challenging yeah. for all of yeah. us. Um <laughs> You know, but there's a great comfort in that, and I think, you know, I remember expectations. I remember my mom, you know, lecturing me about something because I was, I don't know, I was mad at my grandfather for something. I think we were supposed to go somewhere, and then he didn't want to go, and he got all nervous, and then, you know, the whole thing was canceled. And I was, like, probably 10 years old, and I, you know, totally didn't understand. And, you know, my mom was like, you know, you have to change your expectations and, you know, pretty much get rid of your expectations, and she's like, you know, your grandfather's 89. What do you expect him to go out and dance and <laughs> You <know? laughs> right. And I'm like, he's so no fun. He just sits in the corner and smokes and takes out his teeth. And, <laughs> you know, like, mm. But it is true. I think, you know, recognizing their need for privacy, mm-hmm. I think, is a big part of it. And, you know, learning to live in a multi-generational
0: household
2: is something mm-hmm. that can be a challenge.
0: It can be. It can be great. It can be challenging. There are times, of course, the kids want to, want to party or they want the music cranked, and you just have to say, oh, you know, Graham really. Now that Graham's a little uh, more hard of hearing, I don't think she hears <laughs> the, the music, music quite as much, which is okay. <laughs> but um, but that is it's true. It has both sides of the coin.
2: Well, and I think you know the one thing it did for me. I know like. You know, um, when I was married and my in-laws were struggling with the passing of their first elderly person. I mean, for me, it was, like, drop like flies on my mom's side. And, (laughs) you know, I had been to so many funerals, like, by the Uh time I was 10 years old and then watching my, you know, great-aunt, great-uncle, another great-aunt and great-uncle, oh, my God, at least six of them pass on. And then my own grandparents, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, I got
2: to learn at a very young age that this was just a process. That's right. That's right. you know, and I think growing up in a rural farming community, too, with animals, you know, you recognize there is a specific lifespan That's right. um, versus some of my city friends who were more insulated from this, like the, you know, the wealthy city people, the parents went into these, like, like nursing homes, right. and they were right. fancy, and they had swimming pools, you know, where they had the little cranes that lift the people in. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily a realistic end to life. Right. And when you go through it enough, I mean, it's still painful, but you start to see the signs. You start to see the sure. signs as they age. And you see, as opposed to like, you know, um, people that I know who are like, oh, you know, they just go crazy when they get old. And, you know, for me, it was like, you know, that's just what happens when you get old. And, you know, you don't stuff them with antidepressants or put them, you know, <laughs> well, you sit true. them on the a and, and I you think know, facing it,
0: talking about it, facing it, we've talked about wills. We've talked about when the time comes. There are. There's nothing wrong with being very realistic. It's going to happen. Um, and making sure that the time that she has, which we hope will be as best as it is for whatever time, we're lucky that we were given as much time. as we, Some people, when they have a stroke, their time is very limited, and we've been here since 1994. so And she has more challenges than she did back then. But nonetheless, we're very lucky that she has had a, a very comfortable environment and a comfortable living life or living time. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, you know it's what you talked to say about. That, but a lot you know what I mean. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of families, too, like if they've never experienced death you yeah. know, of a loved one or they haven't experienced it a lot you know, topics like advanced health care directives. You know, who's gonna pull mm-hmm. the plug? Who's gonna you know? That's, are right. Gonna be? That's right. But you know, I mean you can laugh about these things because they're necessary. That's you know, I right. have health care directives because my kids are minors and, you know, I don't want my ex husband <laughs> 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 well, well, sure. on that one. Um but we now, were going advanced, out,
0: we were going over her finances <laughs> one day and she was saying, Well my life insurance is this and I have this much in savings do you have enough to bury me? <laughs> and we looked at it all. And I said, "Mom, you're good to go." And she just it's thought that go. was hilarious. And, but you know, it but, is
2: expensive to get buried.
0: Well, gosh, yeah, yeah. You know,
2: that's one of my favorite things. A couple of years ago, you know, because I study companies as part of you know branding and things. And mm-hmm. I was just tickled pink when Costco started carrying caskets.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <That's> great. <laughs> that was. I think Costco and Sam's are like. You know, I got my casket and Sam's. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, but you have to you have to have these conversations, and you make light of them to a certain degree, and we laugh about it, and we talk about it. Um, in fact, we when she was talking to the minister one day after he left, she said. Yep, he can do my service. I like him. <laughs> but that's great. I It mean, doesn't mean it's going to be tomorrow. It just means that whenever the time comes, she's good with it. So It
2: is. But mm-hmm. I think, like, one of the most loving things parents can do, and this is something... I say this because it's my parents and they did Mm -hmm. it, Um, but, you know, they purchased like long-term health care insurance, Mm -hmm. you know, to offset some of these things, but they've also made all their directives. They have their call of attorney sent, they have their health care directives, they've bought Mm -hmm. their burial plots where they want to be buried. You know, everything is already mapped out because, you know, when my mom's mother died and she was very young and... Had small children, you know. She was running around trying to figure out what dress to bury her in during the oh, funeral. Sure. Her house yep. got robbed because you know they put the funeral notice in the paper. That's and
0: right. Yep. come
2: steal stuff from my house, and hmm. you know she had such a difficult time with it. And my mom and dad sat me and my brother down at one point, and um, and my brother and sister too. I'm sure were notified because they live other places. <laughs> but I don't want to like <laughs> diss my sister, but. Um, you know, they have everything planned, and my mom's like, look, it's going to be hard enough for you, and all you have to worry about kind of is showing up and notifying people. Um, you know, I really think that as a parent, that's the most loving thing. One of the most loving things you can do is to establish everything so that at the time of your death sure. that, you know, your kids don't have to run around going like, you know, does she want to be buried in her craft gear or a dress. That's right. <laughs> you that's right. Nice. I just think that's important.
0: Sure. Sure.
2: No. So, Robin, what do you think? Um, what do you think you would like the listeners today to take away with? You know, what what one thing? If you could give the listeners a piece of advice, something that um, you know that they could take away with from all the range of topics we talked today, what would that be?
0: I think enjoy the time you have. And that's probably the most important thing. You don't know how much time you're going to have. You could have a day, a week, uh, 10 years. You could have a decade or, or more. Whatever that time is, you need to make sure that it's the best time that it can be and that it works for all of you. Um, I think that's important. That's well, probably do you think, the best. Like,
2: kind of, like, this is the one thing that I, I've, you know, discovered in my lifetime is that sometimes going with the flow is not so bad.
0: Mm, and I think a lot of
2: times when people are sick and they're they're going through that, I guess, death mm-hmm. process, if you will, there's a lot to fight.
0: Right. Right. You know,
2: and, um, you know, I just think about letting, not that you have to let nature take its course at all the time, but there is a point at which in the palliative care process, which is process of, you know, caring mm-hmm. for terminally ill people, that there has to be a let go. Yes. Because you can't. You can't fight all of it,
0: right. and I think it makes
2: it really difficult to enjoy um, enjoy that time.
0: That's right. That's right. Because the details are going to happen. The details will come. Will come around. It just you just need to make the best of whatever time you're given.
2: Absolutely, and mm. you know, and it's like you don't want that time filled with well, you know, should you take this treatment? Should you not take this right. treatment? It can be all about the treatment. And not about the living. And that, that's right. you know, for me with my mother, I think that's the most important thing I've learned.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Well, Robin, i got to thank you for coming on today. Oh, it's and, a
0: pleasure. It's a delight to you know, chat with you. And
2: I, I shared it. so much important information, and Christy,
0: <laughs> I'll be I'm thinking sorry, of I'm listening <laughs> and listening and absorbing all this stuff. <laughs> It's all good. (laughs) Well, we have
2: had just such a wonderful time today, and you know, each week we have such great guests. And Robin, I'm so glad to have considered you one of our guests. And um, who do we have next week? Anybody
0: know? Uh, Rick, Uh, Rick? I should know. know. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I don't know. It's a surprise. It's a surprise. A surprise guest. So tune
2: in. Tune in and check us out. Christy and Sandra will be here. Next week, and uh, have a good week. We'll check in with you later.
0: Thank
1: you. Thank you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly, part of the Her Insight Network on Tokenet.com.